You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm Amy Taylor-Kabaz. I would like to start by acknowledging the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation on which this podcast is recorded as the traditional custodians of this land and pay my respects to the elders past, present and emerging. And as this podcast is dedicated to the wisdom and knowledge of motherhood, I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the elders, their wisdom, their knowing, and my own elders and teachers. Welcome back, mummers. Imagine living most of your life thinking that there was something wrong with you, thinking that you were lazy, that there was something wrong with the way you behaved, in the way that you showed up. You were late, you were disorganised. And then along comes motherhood, one of the most challenging experiences in life but very much based on skills like being organized, multitasking, sticking to a plan, forward thinking, knowing what's coming and how to be prepared for it. So many of these skills of modern motherhood and landing in motherhood and deeply struggling with those skills, deeply struggling with what you think is being a good mum. And then think for a moment Imagine for a moment discovering after three kids and thinking that you weren't doing a good job, hearing that it wasn't your fault, it's because you are neurodiverse and you have ADHD. And suddenly all of the things that you've been telling yourself about you, your whole life, and also who you are as a mother, changes in that moment it makes sense. That's today's podcast interview. Jodie Garth is one of our beautiful Mama Rising coaches. She is very passionate about matrescence and sharing it with the world. But she has an equal passion of talking about ADHD and neurodiversity in motherhood and how that experience can be very different. I'll let Jodie tell her story, but please, if you want any more information about ADHD and motherhood, please check out the show notes at the end of this interview, where Jodie shares some of the key resources that really supported her through this understanding of herself. Beautiful Jodie, welcome to the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so glad to be here too. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to talk about something I'm so passionate about. Yes. So I think the best way to have this conversation is to say right from the beginning that this is an exploration of something that you are still exploring as well, that this has come 
through your work with Mama Rising, but also your own personal experience of discovering things about yourself and how this has, in a way, given you a lot of answers, but also given you a lot of new questions as well. Is that the best way to describe it? <laughs> yes, yes. So why don't you take us through your experience of both matrescence and discovering the neurodiverse way that you beautifully think in this world? Okay, so I have three children. They're five, seven, and nine. It was on my eldest child's seventh birthday was when I first heard about matrescence. And like like so many mothers, it was amazing. It was this light bulb moment of feeling like, oh, this explains so many things about why I'm struggling as a mum and the challenges that I have. And, yeah, I felt like this, this is the answer. Things are going to get so much easier from now. And a lot of things did change from then, but I still had a sense, as I've watched other mothers and how they just went about their lives and um, particularly – Mothers in different situations to me, like if they had more children than me or if they're working as well as looking after the kids. And I'd see them, it just seemed like they were managing so much better than what I was. And it was then at the end of 2020 um, that I first started looking into ADHD and realized uh, that I have it. And so I was diagnosed officially in February 2021. And that was an even bigger light bulb moment. It was amazing of um, really understanding who I am and how my mind works. And it wasn't just about my years as a mother, but it explained my whole life. And I could see points throughout my life where I'd struggled with different things and, and I, I now had an explanation for it. And so what what did it start to explain about your motherhood experience in particular? when you started to look into what this ADHD diagnosis meant for your daily life? What did you start to see was explainable now that you understood that you have ADHD? Um, I think some of the, the big things that I struggle with is household management is a huge thing. And I, I know that the way that I have viewed myself as a mother is because I've I've had this very blurred idea of household management and like being a good mum is having an organised home or being on top of all the life admin tasks. And because I wasn't good at that, I then equated that as being I'm not a good mother. But at the same time, I could see that there were so many aspects of you know nurturing my kids and playing with them and um, the relational side of being a mother. I could see that I am good at that, but it was so clouded because all the practical day-to-day stuff, it just, it can become so overwhelming and all-consuming, and especially with, you know, babies, like all day it's just multitasking with, um, with all the practical things. And so once I realized that I have ADHD, it made, made that distinction a lot clearer of here's how my brain works and why I have difficulties with organizational type tasks and prioritizing and multitasking and all of that sort of thing and then I could see that the relational you know other other sides of parenting is very separate to that and yeah I, I was able to recognize my own strengths a lot clearer and just be a lot kinder to myself and see the areas that I could get extra help in to achieve my goals and, and do the task you know things still need to get done so finding other ways to get that done rather than 
feeling like I need to do it all and I'm not good at it and then making that mean something about my character rather than about my brain. Oh, that's the gold there. Instead of making it about your character or your you're good enough as a mum or mm. not good enough or as a person, you can now see it. It's a completely different shift. And I remember when we, we've we had some conversations, the two of us, about this, just that level of daily judgment and overwhelm when you looked around your house before you understood this. You know, I, I remember the, and then I hope this is okay to share the tears that you were shedding in conversations around how badly you used to view the spaces around you as a reflection of who you were as a person. Can you share a little bit? Because so many of the women listening to this will either be recognizing themselves and knowing that they also have ADHD or some form of neurodiversity, or perhaps have never considered this and are hearing themselves in this story, which is why it's so powerful you're sharing this. So can you share with us those times and what it was like and what that internal dialogue, that inner mean mama was like in those moments when you'd look around and see a mess, disorganised? Um, I actually think it's easier to talk about, about my current situation. I've actually just had a really hard week. I've just moved house and have had to go back to, to clean the previous house. And I wasn't able to leave it in the state that it needed to be in. So I was contacted by the real estate agent. And honestly, the, the shame that I felt this week. So, you know, as you said at the start, I'm still on a journey with this. I'm not a, not a, at a point of being so confident in myself and understanding my identity that, that this sort of stuff, I can just kind of let it roll. I'm still, I very much get affected by this still. Um, and yeah, this week I've, I've again just been filled with shame about my, uh, lack of skills in cleaning and organizing and all of that sort of thing. And yeah, just feeling awful about myself. And, and again, thinking it's, it's about who I am as a person and it, it has taken time this week to remind myself of my strengths and, and what I can do and the things that I value in life. Um, I was telling, <laughs> telling some friends the other day that I'm happy for my kids to write on a Mother's Day card, I love my mum because she loves me and she plays with me, rather than I love my mum because she's good at cleaning grout. So just to, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to know when to tell people that I have ADHD and when to, like, how to advocate for myself because I feel like in a lot of situations it could seem like I'm making excuses or if they don't understand what it is and how how all-encompassing it is, like it affects every part of my life and um, a lot of my symptoms, I do describe them as debilitating, like they, they have such an effect on, on my daily living. And so if other people don't understand that, it can seem like I'm making excuses and, you know, you're still just lazy and disorganised and all these really negative labels, but then other times it, it could be helpful to explain it. And so that's still something that I'm exploring and I guess needing to experiment with and see how different people respond or the best way for me to explain things in a way that others can understand and relate to and realize a separation between kind of brain function and skills and yeah the external stuff versus the internal and not blurring it all into one 
thing of you're a good or a bad person based on what you see of you. Yes. And how much our world does this to everybody? I bet you're seeing this through everything, through every lens now in every space, how there is a good version, which is a very neurotypical, good girl, A-type personality, follows the rules, does everything she says she's going to do, all of that. And then there is the bad person who everybody else (laughs) falls into that category. And how much that must be, well, what is that experience now to start really seeing how much the world, not just in motherhood but in life, because you said this has also changed how you viewed your whole life. Yeah, I see it all around me now, just how much our society values high executive functioning. So that's very much affected by ADHD. There's you know, the front part of your brain. It's like a control center and it controls things like you know, planning, organizing, setting goals, working towards goals and achieving them, uh, time management, all of these sort of things that our society puts such a high value on and Again, like I, I feel like if I turn up late somewhere, regardless of what has happened before that, like all the effort that I've put in to get to this place on time and it hasn't happened, it's seen as I'm disrespectful or I don't value the other person's time, I don't value the event or whatever it is that I'm coming to. And when that happens over and over and over throughout your life, it's so hard to not feel that how I'm being described or how I feel that other people are describing or judging me. And I don't know where I'm going with all that now. <laughs> I no. don't know where I because it's just a question was. <laughs> but, um. No, it's beautiful. And I was thinking as you were answering how important this is. I mean, every single one of us needs to listen to this interview, this conversation, and that's why I'm so bloody grateful that you're here doing this because one of my children has ADHD and the process of me learning, and I still am, and I'm learning again listening to you speak today, of just how much even cleaning her room, staying on top of things with school, you know, she gets support in the classroom with her learning, but it's the life of skills around her that on a daily basis she finds difficult to complete, to stay on top of. She literally forgets and for a long time we didn't understand why. And it's only when we now put it through this lens of understanding we can see it isn't laziness, it isn't forgetfulness, it isn't rudeness, you know, or any of the other things that we would have said. But back in the day, Jody, like 20, 30 years ago when you and I were kids, or me a little bit longer than 20 years ago, um, you know, that none of this was understood. And so you were put in the bad kid category and you were made to feel like you, there was something wrong with you. And thank God we're in a place where these conversations are started, but we have so much more to do, don't we? Yeah. And. It's so hard for females because girls have been overlooked for so long. And I mean, even my own experience, like when, when I first started thinking about ADHD and a mother who I didn't really know that well, she mentioned that she'd just been diagnosed and said that we were very similar and I should look into it myself. And my idea was I've never met a female with it. I've never met an adult with it. 
my idea was noisy, disruptive, energetic boys bouncing around and that was the portrayal of ADHD. And, yeah, now that I've learnt so much more about it and at least one of my daughters has been diagnosed and my son has been as well, seeing how it's presented in females, like it's, it's often so different to boys and it's easy for girls to mask it to pick up on social cues and social expectations and be able to do all the right things, be the good girl, to cover it up and pretend that you're okay. But it really is like the duck on the water that on the surface, it seems like you're the same as everyone else and you're managing okay. But underneath, it's like there's so much going on and so much effort to do the most basic things. Yeah, it it is exciting now to see so much more awareness of it. And there are so many women our age getting diagnosed because we're finally putting all the pieces together and seeing that a, everyone else isn't struggling as much as, as what I am. And B, it's not, yeah, it's not about my organization skills or laziness or all those things that we keep talking about. Um, there is other stuff going on. And so let's explore that and learn more and then continue to help other women. And, um, I heard a crazy stat recently. I was going to look into this further, but that the first, study of ADHD that included girls was 1997. I'm like, that isn't that long ago. That's insane. Yeah, they only included boys in the study because it was, it really was seen to be only affecting boys and only affecting childhood and, you know, you'll grow out of it and that's it. But Wow. Yes, um, my daughter was diagnosed in high school and the specialist we saw said the most common age of girls to be diagnosed with ADHD now is year 10. And in boys, it's in primary school. And so that means that these girls are going through almost their entire education, misunderstood, struggling and silent. It's actually heartbreaking. But that's why... I really want to also explore with you now, I know you're also a mummarising facilitator now, you really want to shine a light on matrescence but also this particular version, I guess, this particular understanding. In one of the mummarising conversations just this week, one of the women reflected that a lot of postnatal anxiety and postnatal depression even can be misdiagnosed in neurodiverse women because it's not seen as a struggle with the act of mothering. There's so much, as you said, so much of mothering is that executive function skill in modern motherhood. You need to be organized like hell. You have to know how to multitask like a ninja. And so if if those things are difficult for you, then no wonder we have this rate of depression and no wonder we have this anxiety and no wonder we have women feeling like they're failing on a daily basis. So what do you want to say to women who either know that they have ADHD or are listening, like I said before, and thinking, oh, wow, okay, what do you want to say to them? What's the unique experience here? Where do they start? What do you want to say to the women who are listening and thinking, yes, exactly, I didn't put this together before? There's two parts of what I'm thinking. There's the internal, so, you know, how you speak to yourself. And as, as your listeners would know, you know, you always, you always come back to kindness. 
start with kindness yeah. and and is so so needed in this situation because it's so hard to show compassion and grace to our children when we're not showing it to ourselves and it's hard to show it to yourself when you've had a lifetime of never feeling good enough and never being able to meet expectations and always letting people down and letting yourself down. And it's a very common thing in people with ADHD to have really low self-esteem because of these things of the internal dialogue that we develop in trying to explain our own behavior. If you don't even realize that ADHD is an option to explain it, then you have to come up with other other reasons and they're not very positive <laughs> reasons that we usually come up with and then that just plays over and over. And so, um, yeah, realizing that you have ADHD, it makes such a difference in you're just understanding yourself and showing yourself grace and, you know, how that plays out in daily life, like recognizing which which things can you let go because they're just not worth the effort that is required to put it put into it and, you know, celebrating your wins and celebrating your strengths because that will keep you going and then help you to do the things that are a lot harder. Um, oh, but then that. also... I think particularly for those who are starting to question as a result of listening to this, and this was me, I realised that I have ADHD from listening to a podcast. It's really important to just find out about it as much as you can and it's great that we live in a time where we have such easy access to videos, articles, Facebook support groups and all these resources, tap into them, learn as much as you can about ADHD because as you learn of other people's experiences more as you relate to it and see things in yourself it will help to to confirm whether or not this is what's going on for you and and it's so hard to like the the process of being able to see GP and see a psychologist or a psychiatrist and the official diagnostic process is so not ADHD friendly and it's so difficult and especially you know at the moment in Australia I'm in Melbourne I'm not sure just how bad it is in other states, but yeah, even to see a GP now is is so hard. Um, and so, yeah, to be able to tap into all these other resources and learn as much as you can and talk to other people is so helpful in the meantime before you can see a professional. Mm, beautiful answer. Thank you. I remember, we'll just finish with this as well, I remember you saying that in Mama Rising we use these steps to help will not even help to guide and support a woman through the experience of matrescence, of understanding who she is now. And I remember you messaging me saying, Amy, these are the same steps in understanding who you are now that you understand you have ADHD. And even just these first three steps that is in my book and what we train and teach within the Mummerizing training, I can hear you using over and over and over again. It's that kindness towards yourself, understanding that there's nothing wrong with you, that this isn't your fault, that this is just the way your brain beautifully works. Then focusing on your strengths, on the things that you really do well, 
and then getting clear on your values, what's most important here. As you said with that card on Mother's Day, you know, what is really the highest value here? And so I just wanted to point out that I can hear you using that over and over and over again. How important has that process been for you to come to this place of acceptance and and understanding yourself? Yeah, I mean, the way way we speak to ourselves is... So important because that's what that's what we listen to all day every day, and then that influences how we respond to other people and how we go about different tasks. And so, yeah, it's been a huge thing to start to accept myself more for who I am, and that's a continual process. Like I, I'm not yet at the point of I think fully accepting this. Like when I have really challenging days or um, yeah, just find things hard and go, oh, if I didn't have ADHD, then I'd be able to do this like other people can. And just getting frustrated about the whole situation, I do still speak quite poorly to myself and, you know, stupid brain, why can't you do this thing? And so I'm gradually getting to the point of not having those sort of conversations with myself and just recognizing I do find this hard. How can I make this easier? How can I break this down into smaller steps? How can I work with my brain rather than feel like I'm fighting it um, all the time? And so, yeah, it's, it's so important, our internal dialogue. And then, yeah, just realizing what's actually going on and, yeah, knowing it's not my fault and that something can be done about it. Because I think at my, my lowest point a few years ago as a parent with, three young children and just feeling so overwhelmed and and not really knowing a way out, like just wondering, is this how it is now? Is you know and, and Patrescence comes into this as well, like, am I gonna find myself again? Or, you know, I feel like I've changed so much and is knowing what what does the future hold, like how how are things going to change. I think understanding that I have ADHD opens up the whole area of support and how can I get help that I need with different areas of my life how can I make things easier and then just having the language and having a name for what's going on it gives a reason for the way I feel and the way I do things yeah that I, that I haven't had um you know I was 38 when I started looking to ADHD and just like I've gone all those years of of not knowing not understanding myself and now have that language and that understanding and have so many different areas of support in my life now um yeah there's so many things that have changed for the better and talk about strength when i hear you speak and i hear your story jody all i think is the strength that it has taken to mother three children with ADHD, with the modern demands of motherhood, even when you were talking about moving house and the pressure then to go back and clean that old property. I mean, my goodness, the fact is that you were even able to do any of that is a celebration. And and if, when we have the language and the understanding, we can start seeing ourselves as these warriors, these strong, amazing women who are doing this even with ADHD, and now you get the support. Now you can get help with the parts that you find hard. I think that's incredibly 
strong. So totally celebrating you today. Yeah, there's there's a really uh, great piece of encouragement that a friend gave me recently um, when I, yeah, I was having a really tough day with the kids and just feeling like I failed as a mum. And she said, you're not doing an easy thing badly. You're doing a really hard thing well. I'm still checking up because, you know, um, I need to keep reminding myself of this, that it is so challenging to to be a parent with ADHD and then the added challenge of my kids having it as well. And so there's, yeah, it, it's, it's very hard. And so, yeah, just to have that encouragement and people around me who are cheering me on and who understand what it's like as well. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, Jodie, that is a beautiful way of looking at it. Thank you so much. I will remember that. That is a really beautiful way to look at it. Thank you for your courage in sharing your story. Thank you because just as you heard it on a podcast and then everything changed, you get to pay that forward now to all the women who will be listening to this. How amazing. Yeah, on that first day of listening to that podcast, I'm thinking, if I discover that I do have ADHD and just how much of a difference that realisation was, um, I just I just had a resolve kind of you know, grow in me of I want to go and, and share this with other people and raise awareness and help other women who are in the same situation that I've been in to understand themselves and to... Yeah, have the same experience that I've had in the last couple of years of of understanding what's going on and be able to change and then continue to pass that on to other people. Um, yeah, it's exciting to to see so many more conversations like this coming up, and it's important for the for the people who do have ADHD, and then also those who live with us who have it, and you know, family members, and just being able to understand each other more and support each other in the ways that that we individually need because what one person needs in order to function in this world is going to be different to what other people need and so yeah just to keep talking and listening and understanding is yeah is so important that's what you're doing amazing jody thank you so much thank you thank you thank you you're welcome it's been great to be here Over and over again, I have moments like I did when I interviewed Jodie for this podcast interview. Moments where I am blown away by the courage of these women. The courage it takes to share your story publicly in the hope that it brings light and understanding, some peace maybe, to another. Jodie is one of those. On a daily basis, I am blown away by the women who do this with me who take their own challenges and turn it into something that they can share with others. And that's exactly what Jodie wants to do with this conversation. As I said before we began, Jodie has shared some key resources and insights that helped her in this process of understanding ADHD for herself. And we've popped those in the show notes. You can also message Jodie, if you'd like to, on Instagram and DM her about how you felt about this interview and with any questions she said to me she'd be very happy for anyone to reach out if they needed to in their own healing and understanding of neurodiversity in motherhood. Thank you for being here for these conversations. 
thank you to all the amazing women that continue to share their story with me and with all of you. I love this space so much and what we're doing here. Until next week, Satnam. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.